From Ace in the Hole to Zodiac, and almost famous to Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, this is Box Office Bylines, a podcast about movies about journalism. I am Jacob Boone, editor in Yellowknife Northwest Territories, joined, as always, by my beloved co-worker, fellow journalist in Halifax. Tara Thorne. Hi, Jacob. Hi, Tara. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. So we, in discussing this, um, what we're going to watch this week, I learned that this show has a no documentary policy, <laughs> which was news to me. Here's my thinking. We have a running list of journalism movies to watch. Like narratives. Narrative, fictional stories. That is up to 150, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's over 200. And that's not counting. That's not like even all of them. That's just most of the prominent ones. I don't think we're going to get into every slapped together newspaper movie from the 40s or (laughs) track down every historical foreign journalism movie like we've done with some of these Canadian ones. Uh, Not that Canadian movies are foreign to us, but they are to the Academy of Motion Pictures of Arts and Sciences. (laughs) most Canadians let's be honest (laughs) and most Canadians yeah fair um so it seemed to documentaries seem to open a door where the line like where do you stop like Mm -hmm. at what point like because a documentary is a form of journalism Mm -hmm. and so then it's like well where does it end right um and I just for my own sanity when I was yeah I, I was like let's limit it though I think now after doing this film this week which everyone was talking about is like one of the greatest journalism movies of all time and it's a documentary so i'm sure there's other ones we can do that are very much tied to journalism which would be fun maybe we'll see (laughs) but this week we watched the christmas movie (laughs) yes very excellent for the holidays (laughs) collective 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 uh 2019 i guess one must have come out late last year Cause it's, I've been seeing it on top 10 like best of 2020 lists. So I feel yeah. like it probably was released in Romania in 2019 and then made and it And it's up the for US. like an Oscar or it's being submitted by Romania for an Oscar for this year. And it's yeah. on streaming now. We watched it on iTunes. We did. Um, and or you Apple know, TV, I, sorry. A, another, <laughs> yeah, another reason I like that we're doing this is because the only other film that we've done from this year is Bad Education. So it's nice to do... Uh, current one. Um, what? Mr. Jones? Uh, well, I mean, Mr. Jones. Another bleak Eastern European. Jeez. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I, as you know, I tried to block out the Mr. Jones experience. Yeah. sha la 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 <laughs> Um, so yes, collective. Oh my goodness. All right. So we're going to get into some spoilers for this. I mean, it's not really spoilers. It's, ha- it's facts that happened. You can Google them all. Yeah, but what's weird is I think on the English language internet, most of these facts are contained in movie reviews of this film. Right. Um, so Collective uh, by director Alexander Nanau, I believe is how we say his last name, um, who I was not familiar with before this, Me follows a crack team of investigators at the Romanian newspaper Sports Gazette as they try to uncover a vast healthcare fraud that enriched moguls and politicians and led to the deaths of innocent citizens. Uh, So some background. In 2015, a fire breaks out at a club in Bucharest uh, called Collective, T-I-V, killing 27 people, injuring 
180. Uh, there were no fire exits, and I think the sound dampening foam that the club had used was like an accelerant. Uh, so people were very mad about this. They took to the streets uh, in protest. And then a couple months later, 37 more people die uh, due to lack of proper sanitation and care at the hospitals. They Romania. die of, infection, of bacterial infections, not burns. Bacterial infections, yeah. Yeah. Some of them with very minor burn injuries, um, but they, yeah, died of serious infections. Leading to even greater outrage, and the Social Democrat government of Romania resigns uh, in disgrace, and a government of technocrats is appointed, and that's when the film sort of begins. That's the preamble text cards and the technocrat the technocrats are only there for a year so it's like a temporary mm -hmm. government until a general election yeah there's like an election sort of undercurrent this whole time that you forget about until it becomes very important <laughs> um initial thoughts um i i don't know like It's honestly hard to articulate. Like, okay, first of all, there's a video of the fire. I don't know how that person filmed it and it got out. It starts with recorded footage of the a punk band performing and this slow, dawning horror of what you're watching. Like, I thought that was maybe a protest about the hospital care. Yeah, because the song was very political that the band was yeah. singing. You and don't, then, and then suddenly it's like, hey, yeah. something's on fire over here, and yeah. it becomes honestly one of the most difficult things I've ever watched. Yeah, and there's, and it's interesting. They don't really talk about this, but you can see that the band's using pyrotechnics, mm -hmm. um, like, and that is obviously it catches something on fire, and then you know it, it it goes up so quickly, and people got trampled to death. That's how they died. It yeah. wasn't smoke inhalation; it was trampling. Well, there's there was there were some, there was some, some deaths. Yeah. yeah, but it's 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 completely horrific. And again, I don't know who who how they got the video, but um, but they did. And something that's interesting is there's no narration. Um, yeah. there's very even little like other than the initial title cards, the movie. And I mean, there's no talking it, heads. No, there's like no talking see, heads. Yeah. There's no even like here's this person and here's what they do. It's just like. You get dropped into the newsroom after sort of all the, the, the big setup, and you just get dropped into the work that these people are doing yeah. um, day to day. And then there's this very clearly corrupt health minister who suddenly disappears because he's been replaced by a very nice boy named Vlad. Who when we And then we move in with Vlad for a while, and that's how I knew yeah. like he was sort of not... Like, the government granted the the documentary access. So I'm like, well, you're at least trying not to look like you're covering things up. And then it just, the, the whole story just unravels from there. There's a whole, there's this billionaire that, that was bribing hundreds of people across the country. Um, there's this whole simmering uh, undercurrent of rage amongst the people. We also follow someone who was in the fire and has been, you know, disfigured and she lost yes. her hand. And she's this very beautiful, very um, interesting artist and we see her doing a photo shoot we we never talked to her we never really even no one asks her really what her experience is um it's just sort of another way that that you know uh, sort of another way that there's an aftermath um and it's just sort of laid out 
very elegantly and you and you know it's a foreign film so you're reading the whole thing um mm -hmm. and it's so i was so riveted and i had to stop myself from googling things which i know is a thing that you <laughs> struggle with um because i didn't want to spoil myself f f with the facts um yeah and uh, uh and at one point and this is in the trailer the lady journalist there's only one says um People are gonna think we're crazy, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> because it's a very, it's an outlander story. I knew uh, from reading a Wikipedia going into this, <laughs> I knew some basic facts, including one of the major ones, which gets reported a lot, where um, the team at at uh, uh, what is it called, the Sports Sports Express or Sports Gazette? Hang on, it's in my Sports Gazette is the English translation, uh, with editor uh, Catalan. Tolentan, uh, him and his team, they actually send samples of the disinfectants they get from the hospitals, I guess covertly or from a whistleblower, to independent laboratories, and they find out that these disinfectants are being diluted to one between one to ten percent of what they're supposed to be. So they're basically like what water? They're water. Saline. Yeah. So yeah. this is why people are getting bacterial infections because the disinfectants yeah. aren't effective i knew that going in and mm -hmm. i thought that was going to be the major like revelation that gets uncovered mm -hmm. and so when that arrives and then we keep going and we find out even more and then that switch halfway through that you talked about where suddenly we're with this new health minister and it took me a minute or two to realize what we were seeing mm -hmm. that we're in a back room meeting with him and his staff they're trying to like compose we watch them compose press releases. Yeah. The access is staggering. Yeah. There's one scene where they're trying to like do damage control. Um they seem to have very good intentions and they're really trying to like do some reform, but clearly they're also politicians so they want to you know, if if somebody's mad about a certain newspaper article, they're going to try and see what they can find out to give more context and back people off and and they try, they're trying to be like well this patient he had very minor burns so i don't think it's that big of a deal let's call and check to make sure he's okay and they call and they find out that patient died the night before yeah and you're watching their faces live. fall live yeah. <laughs> and it's also really frustrating because you know vlad who has a very who has a long last name but he he introduces himself as vlad so that's what i'm gonna yes. go with the health minister he knows his time is tight and he knows like you can sense how kind of hopeless he feels he's trying to connect to people on a human level he's trying to fix this deeply corrupt government this yeah. deeply fucked up system and he kind of knows he can't and then spoiler alert he gets his party loses at the end so it's crushing yeah and his dad is literally on the phone, like, get out Move. of here, yeah. go back to Vienna. This country is a trash fire. In 50 years, we won't fix it. We've talked a lot about how in the sort of great generic idea of a journalism movie, it ends with the big story coming out, being published. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then ideally, the journalist going back to work. That's The next day comes, there's a new story. <laughs> All so the residents' men, type, 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 type. Spotlight, same thing. Yeah. Um, Mr. Jones, which we talked about in a film we watched earlier, ends with the journalist's life being ruined by reporting mm -hmm. the truth. Mm -hmm. Here, I think it's so fascinating that this 
incredible journalism that is uncovered by this team. Uh, again, a, not a not a minor paper, but still a sports newspaper that mostly yeah, it's covers they, it's not what football, they do. soccer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we follow that, and then we see the young, handsome health minister who was a patient's rights activist come in promising reform he's going to clean up the system which feels like where the dramatized version ends and we get another hour of the movie showing what a spectacular failure that was yeah. and how it destroys this man's soul yeah i don't tara honestly like there were times after watching this in the day or two afterwards where I would think about that and this, like, nausea would hit me. <laughs> the same way when Trump got elected, where it's like, I don't know how to fix this. It seems like it's just going to get worse. Yeah, it, it did feel very Trumpian. Um, oh, yeah. The parallels to what is mm -hmm. happening everywhere else in the world, but especially in America, during not even if there wasn't a healthcare crisis happening. Um, yeah. Because it's like his political uh, enemies just outright lie to the media that's not independent and doesn't want to question those lies. And that becomes the main narrative that everyone's now working against. It's... And there's also this um, uh, Dan Condria, the guy that owns the company that's supplying all the, the shitty disinfectant. Um, he dies in a suspicious car accident. Like that, yeah. I did Google that because I was like, is this person really dead? I don't believe it. And I'm not sure that I do. Still. They're unclear whether it's suicide or murder, but yeah. they blame the press, the journalists, for contributing to his suicide. Correct. Like the state media does. Yeah. Or the yeah. and more like, state-friendly media. The the reason I don't believe it maybe was him was because they're like, we had to, the body was too disfigured. <laughs> like, so you think he's still out there? He could be. Like that Bitcoin guy from Nova Scotia. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like guys like that with that much money, like he, he like... He did it so quickly. The it's not like he was facing jail time or really any any problem. It was just sort of like they were investigating him. I guess they did arrest him. Well, that's but, I think he's probably was killed because or they gave him the uh, Jeffrey Epstein style like yeah now you have to kill yourself because you know too much yeah so end this now your family will be taken care of and we'll move on because I don't know if many people know about the Romanian healthcare system. But it's, I certainly it's didn't, and up. I'm now terrified. It's like all based on bribes. It's very um, bad. These hospital managers are all appointed by the political, by like basically the mayor of Bucharest appoints ma hospital managers for all of the hospitals in Romania. And what they found out was like none of these guys have any healthcare experience, management experience, let alone healthcare experience. They were like, coming up with fake invoices to siphon off tens of millions of dollars into their their accounts or their friends' accounts, which would then be, like, given to the political party as bribes. Um, you know, bankrupting hospitals, essentially. Yeah, and at one point someone says, are you telling me th he 300 people did this? Like, are in on it? And they're like, yes. Yeah. And um, a whistle is blown by two, like, payroll ladies who, like, have had enough of this guy screaming at them and calling them cunts. And, and it's pointed things. out directly that, like, that is the reason they came to the press. Was he's ba he's a shit boss. It was, They knew about the corruption for years. Yeah. And to their credit, I guess, kept records. <laughs> but they were basically like, I'm sick of this fucking guy yelling at me. Yeah. Um. Actually, this whole movie 
uh, is based on whistleblowers, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like every single source is who are who's... in the movie. Yes, not even presented, obscured. Not obscured at all. They're just there. They're there. W- not even whistleblowers to the press, but when they come and meet with the health minister, w- we're in the room with them. Yeah. And then every time the journalists say, and you'll go on the record? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's why I'm here. This is being compared a lot to all the president's men. It is. In press. And one difference between, I guess, the fictional journalism movie and a real journalism movie is um, maybe in all the president's men, that, that that idea of the fictional journalist has to be sort of like heroic and, and uh, uh, sort of a quiet heroism. They're mm-hmm. questioning, they're probing, but they're never, like, excited about anything. And here, two things that felt very real was at one point, Tolleton, uh gets a source on the phone to admit that they had basically warned the government about this. The, like, State Department of Investigation had warned the government about this dozens of times over the years. Years, yeah. And he gets that, and he doesn't say anything, but he does, like... He's like, a very quiet <gasps> fist pump in the air because he's got that on the record now and they can print the story. And two, at one point when they also uncover other things, he just has to sit on the floor. Yeah. I thought of you so in that moment. Exasperated by reality yeah. not being what it's supposed to be. And the title card says, size heavily. <laughs> I thought of you in that moment. Yeah, th- those both felt very, very real. Also, as they were. when he gets that call, it's on like a Nokia phone that I'm sure Americans haven't seen in at least ten years. Yeah, <laughs> to the point where I was like, "Do they have iPhones in Romania?" But Vlad had one. Um, I also felt like the journalists looked like real journalists. You know, absolutely. Um, there was there was Tollington, who's just like a guy. There was the lady one, who was just a lady, and then there was like the young one with a beard and band T-shirts. Yep. Who knows the digital stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will have to change the blog headline. Okay. Um, it was a... <laughs> yeah. Like, if you did fictionalize this, you wouldn't need to change much. <laughs> Truly. Some stock characters. Oh, another incredible scene where I forget the uh, female journalist's name, which is... Uh, um, I should have had I that written sh- down. I, uh, her name, I do too, actually. Morella. Yeah. She's like... They're, they're, they're all a team. They're all involved in this. Uh Tollington is is clearly like our lead character. Yeah. Um but at one point we just cut to they uncover something else. Who the hell knows? I can't remember at this point. Another shocking, horrible thing. And they cut to her outside just having a very needed cigarette. Yes. And that's the scene. <laughs> um yeah, I I you know, it doesn't always leave you feeling happy about the world doing this job. Even if you get the story and get it out. Yeah. And I do wonder, like, seeing how corrupt the government is, I do wonder what their lives were like, have been like in the wake of this. Because at mm-hmm. the end, so this movie ends in sort of a weird way. Um, basically, the last time we sort of see the journalists, they say, well, our families are being threatened. Yeah. And then that's the last we see them. It's like, okay. And then we see Vlad lose his job. And yeah. then we go to a grave site with one of the grieving families who's marking the anniversary. And Which that's is where the movie ends. A gut punch of an Yeah, ending. I again I can't believe I can't believe anyone would want a camera around for that. Um yeah. 
but again, like that's a nice thing that that the director does is sort of, and I think why why Teddy the artist is there. It's sort of like because we're talking about macro things, we're talking about governments and billionaires mm-hmm. and systems. But it, you need to see individ- how it affects people individually. Yeah. And, and I think he does a really great job of of threading in people with no. Yeah, I can't. It's impressive how, like, if we actually heard Teddy talk about what she had been through, it probably would have been less effective than watching her. She does, like, a model shoot, like, a sort of, like, artistic nude beauty shoot that then goes onto display. And then we also see her get a new prosthetic hand Mm -hmm. and her mother crying at it. Yeah. And... One of the photos ends up in the health minister's office after they meet. It's like one of the only times, I think there's only one scene where Vlad and Tolatin are in the same room. And there's only this one scene where Teddy and Vlad are in the same room. But he buys one of the photos and puts it up in his office and like stares at it effectively when he realizes he's not going to be able to do this or why he has to keep trying. Yeah, like when he has a tough phone call, you'll just sort of see her looming over him a bit. Painted gold. It's devastating, man. Yeah. I'm welling up thinking about yeah. this. <laughs> um, there's also, in terms of how they were treated, there's a horrific talk show appearance that Tolleton does against, I don't even know who it was. I, it, the credit might have flashed on the screen. but No, I don't person. think it did. Just some like Tucker Carlson of Romania. Just, yeah, doink. talking head suit who blames him for the suicide of this guy. And then... Uh, dismisses him and, and asks, like, you you keep reporting on all the bad stuff the government's doing. What's your goal here? And Tolleton, of course, responds very well that there is no goal, but, you know, when the press bows down to authorities, this is a quote in the trailer, authorities will always mistreat the citizens. Mm-hmm. And it does seem like this distrust of what you might call the mainstream media always comes from the people criticizing it and saying that always assuming that journalists are as corrupt and goal-oriented as they are. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think this is a really Im- incredible movie about just, like, a free press, not sure where it's going, mm-hmm. just trying to hold power to account and speak for victims and truth, and then also this terrifying movie about how that doesn't always do anything or the limits of reform in a cr- crumbling, rotting democracy. Yeah, and I actually, I don't know if, like, are the hospitals better? I don't even know. I feel I like think, probably um, not. It's been hard. I tried to research that. It's been a little hard because a lot of the information's in Romanian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think there were some marginal improvements. I think the system as a whole never really changed. And um, COVID-19, Romania's death rates for the disease have been astoundingly higher than some other comparable places also their health minister quit in april not vlad so i don't really think much has changed you know vlad's father on that phone call tells him like maybe in 80 or 90 years yeah like and but it it, doesn't it feel like that sometimes it struck me during a lot of this stuff during the summer uh with black lives matter when people said this feels different this one's going to be the one where it all changes and I had this vision of like history books in 500 years or something talking about the civil rights movement not being the 60s, but being like the 100 years from 1960s to mm-hmm. the 2060s. Because honestly, yeah, it's it's 
it just I don't know what it takes to move the needle, but it's not always it was in this case it wasn't, you know, the sixty some lives that were lost. It'll need to be something else somewhere else down the line. For sure. And I mean the social democrats, which, you know, sounds like a nice phrase. Um sure. nationalized healthcare the, sounds like a great thing. Yeah, they were the they were the governing party that caused this and got booted out and then they got back in with a with their an historic victory. The most votes they've ever gotten. Yeah. So it's like clearly there are people in Romania who are like, no, this is working for us. But as they mentioned, like so few people voted of the total of like young Romanians. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, but even throughout the movie, occasionally a reporter would be like, we only have one. We have an accredited hospital that can do lung transplants, but you won't do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's not going to go well. And then that's yeah, something like they make Vlad that point of handed. like he's sending lung transplant patients outside Romania because essentially you'd just be sacrificing people if you gave them to this hospital. But they use that as a like, well, he doesn't believe in the country. Yeah, he's just lining his own. It's again a horrific movie. But <laughs> that's a great that's a great scene though when he's talking and there's a doctor saying like, yeah, but if. You, if you say this, you have to take our accreditation away. And he's yeah. like, I know. That's what yeah. I'm saying. And he says, please don't do this. The doctor's like, there'll be serious repercussions for us if you say this. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you not understand what I'm trying to do? Uh, I don't know if it was intentional. Maybe a bit of levity when they're talking about the election results. And they he makes sure to include um, the soundbite of how the Social Democrats have for the first time won Transylvania. I don't know if in in Romania that That's plays the same way with connotations of vampires <laughs> as it did to me, but it was a nice moment. Do you recommend this movie? Like I really Absolutely. do. I I think it's real. It's a real tough watch, but it's like yeah, in the best way. Yeah, and I think it's w what journalism is for and what documentaries are for. Mm -hmm. Was it Roger Ebert who said like he's never regretted seeing a good movie? Sounds He's like something you would say, bad. even Anyways, if it was hard. Yeah, it's well, that's it. It's like this is tough to get through, but it's. I hate saying a movie's important, um, because even a documentary, it sometimes feels like that's hyping it up to a degree that maybe it shouldn't be. But um, I think this is something that's very powerful, and people should. Yeah. Take a chance on it, especially if you have any interest in journalism or government corruption for, and reform. For sure. And, you know, a week before I saw this, I wouldn't have ever Googled anything about Romania. <laughs> ever. <laughs> and now I'm, like, very invested. Now because, you're obsessed. And, and that, is, that is, you know, that is a good movie. That's what it does. It's, it makes you interested uh, in something that you, that you weren't before. And, and, uh, and you know, and I also think... If its effect is making other people empathetic to mm -hmm. its situation, that can that's only a good thing as well. Uh, it's also nice to watch a good documentary. Yeah. Because the field of bad documentaries Oy. is gargantuan yes. and impossible to escape. Like just I logging onto the internet, you're going to be, there's going to be some 40 minute, terribly narrated, <laughs> badly researched uh, stock footage cut together mm -hmm. 
uh, uh, conspiracy theory laden horrible documentary. It's so it's nice to see something approaching truth that's skillfully made with care. Yeah, and great access. Like truly, they I they didn't no, have to work around anything that, that I could see. Uh, why don't we take a break and then we can do some not not so much trivia but some background on, on how they got that access. Sounds good. Welcome back to Box Office Bylines. This week we're talking about uh, what is on many critics' top of 2020 list. It's called Collective. And it's a documentary that's made us very sad, but we're glad we saw it. Yes. Worth the $5.99 rental. Truly. You know, I was thinking when I rented it, because you know I'm generally against renting stuff. Uh-huh. Um, cause I pay a lot for cable and services and stuff. Uh, but I was like six bucks. Like I would have paid $14 to go see it at the movies. So yeah, yeah a very good deal. Do you remember, this is off topic, but <laughs> in the heydays of Blockbuster and, and other video stores, how much would you maybe have spent renting movies in a week? That's a good question. Cause I grew up in the country, so we didn't have like blockbuster rates. Uh, like a new release was three dollars and eighty six cents, and then everything mm-hmm, else was ninety nine mm-hmm. cents. So honestly, probably not that much. How about you? I think probably at a like. I don't think I can remember too much VHS, but like when it got closer to DVD, I I, I probably would have been renting like, it would have worked out to like twelve a week, maybe. That's certainly like twenty a month. Yeah, and that was a lot to people that didn't have much to spend money, much money yeah. to spend or shit to that spend. That was my money. allowance. Yeah, all going into cinema. I do remember <laughs> moving to the city for university and being shocked at how much Blockbuster was, and it was honestly probably five dollars. Yeah, it was a garbage, garbage <laughs> store, but fun to be in. I miss going to a video rental store and just walking around and oh looking at boxes. Oh my god, just staying there for a while. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk, let's go back to the horror of let's collective. Um, so we talked about the access, the unprecedented, unprecedented access that the team had. Um, so some background I've learned about that. One of the things in terms of how um, they protected the sources and the whistleblowers of the Sports Gazette was that the director agreed to leave his footage there with the newsroom while they were filming. So anything he recorded, they could look tape, at. DVD, whatever, and they would have on their hands. They knew he wasn't transferring that. He wasn't going to get jumped. They would have that. Oh, wow. Um, he also gained their trust, he said, by treating it very seriously. Um, one of his co-filmmakers, like, on his research team and, like, his main partner in this was one of the survivors of the fire. Mm-hmm. So he was able to get a lot of trust from the other victims because they knew this person through the, like, support groups that had come around and the activism. Mm-hmm. Um, and also 
like he had a team of essentially freelance journalists that he had assembled to help them look into things. So Tollington and Sports Collective eventually realized, well, okay, this guy's doing some of what we're doing anyways. He's treating this very seriously. He's not mm-hmm. going to burn us. So let's bring him on. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't make filming easy. In one interview, Nanao says that um, because the relationship with the whistleblowers was so sensitive, sometimes he'd get a call saying, a whistleblower's coming in, you have five minutes. Right. Um, So they'd show up and they'd shoot everything. And there was an option always for the whistleblowers during editing to decide if they wanted to reveal their identity. And if not, they would cut that footage out. Oh, wow. So presumably a couple people maybe did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, in terms of Vlad, the Minister of Health, Nuno said that the fact that he wasn't a politician, he didn't owe anything to anyone in the system, and that he was young, one of his goals was transparency, that basically is what allowed them to 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 invite the filmmaking in. And he later told the director after the film was released... Oh no, this was Tolentin, sorry. Tolentin told the filmmaker after the film was released that the younger generation didn't get informa- doesn't get information from newspapers anymore. So if they invited this crew in to show how journalism works, maybe that could help people understand what they do for their jobs. Wow. Yeah. I also, also, no one knew where this was going. I think that helped too. Like basically course. Nanao took the cameras. I mean... The title credits of the government had come down. He knew Tolleton and Sports Gazette were looking into this. He just kind of wanted to bring a camera along and and show what they were doing. And I, nobody knew, you know, where this was heading and everything right. else they were going to expose. Or they might have maybe been a little more protective of themselves. Totally. But, yeah. Um, and can we please pour one out for Tolleton when he's like, they're out in a protest, the younger guy. Uh-huh. And they're like... And they chant Tollington, and they're like, a sports journalist uncovered this. This is the state of our media. <laughs> like, basically, like, he's normally unimportant. <laughs> so on that fact, so Tollington, it's it's mentioned, in, and that's something that comes up in the reviews, how remarkable it is that this daily sports paper is what uncovered it. But Tollington has a, and his team had a history of exposing corruption in that world, uh, including articles that eventually led to the prosecution of the Romanian Minister of Youth and Sport. Um one story he did was he and a few colleagues climbed uh, to over 2,000 meters above sea level in the Carpathian Mountains where the Romanian Olympic training base was because they had found out that a fence for the base had cost on paper tens of thousands of dollars, but they needed to get a photo to take a look at it and found out it was just like a simple chain link fence. <laughs> um, wow. Presumably, again, money siphoned off somewhere. Um, yeah, so that's kind of fun. He's also an outspoken critic of the corruption in the world of professional football, by which it's I mean It's kind soccer. of amazing he's still alive. It is, right? Considering. He told Sky News, Tolleton, that like doctors are gods in Romania. So members of his close family didn't want him looking into this story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what else? They took all these important measures. Like they would send, the filmmakers would send footage to different sources. They would lock it in different places. He said they were prepared for people to break into their studio. Wow. And they were, both the film team and the newspaper uh, were confident their phones were being tapped. Mm-hmm. At one point, Tolleton leaves his cell phone outside the meeting room on the floor. 
mm-hmm. and it's never explained what he's doing. This like shiny red Nokia phone. That but might I'm also be why he's got that. the Nokia. It's probably harder to trace and tap. Possible, yeah. But um, him texting, him doing like T nine texting on that, or was yeah. it, it hurt my heart? Um, also, I think kind of fun that in one of the interviews, Tollington said that one of the bombshell things he discovered was sent to him 9 a.m. one weekday morning in an email about the dilution of the disinfectants. And he was not the only journalist who received that email. It went like sort of to every newsroom in Romania, but he was the only one to respond to it. Wow. So there you go. Follow your gut, kids. There's not much else, but there's a couple of quotes from Tolleton that he's given about journalism that I thought might be fun to recite for our listeners. Uh, He says in one interview that he does not set out to change governments or send people to jail um, or find money because that's not his business. He says, um, but I did do something. I remember a message someone posted on the blog saying that he likes the fact that in our most strenuous times, we try to keep a dose of humanity and nuance. We try to be rational and look for the grain of humanity in every blunt situation. Every happening, however geometrical, has a dose of story in it. I believe mm-hmm. this is part of journalism's mission. Mm-hmm. I like that. And then also the interviewer asked him, what quality can't an investigative journalist at lack? Um, and he said, my answer would be their ability to doubt. After all, an investigation is a news story and you know where it begins, but are unaware of where it ends. Doubting your own work is how you can get as close as possible to the truth. Wow. I like that. Yeah. That's all I got. There's no fun Joker connection. There's no Marvel (laughs) movies. Thankfully. This person started dating during production. (laughs) Any of the normal stuff we have. No, um, here's who was going to play Tollington. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to imagine someone horrible is going to uh, uh, adapt this into a fictionalized version where, I don't know. Where it's very horrific. Even though there's, some, Grace will there's play a lot of a horror. Romanian detective. Yeah. <laughs> we'll play <laughs> Vlad. <laughs> Ryan Gosling is the yeah. young, anyway. Yeah, I think it could happen. I mean, it's it's... I'd watch the movie, even if it did suck. Can't be worse than run this town. <laughs> we'll review it if it happens. Maybe. <laughs> for all alive. Um, that's about it for this week, I think, Tara. All right. I don't know. Final thoughts on, I think we've said quite a lot. Yeah, I, just, yeah I think it's, it's really terrific, and um, it's a bit tough to find right now, but I, I assume that won't always be the case, uh, mm-hmm. and it is definitely worth tracking down. Um, if you kind of think, oh, I don't want to watch a drab Romanian documentary, you're right and you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so yeah. How about you? Yeah, same. Um, it's worth your time, and it's tough, but um, it, there's there's a lot there. It's it's an exceptionally well made documentary about incredibly important things that, yeah and you know yeah. a romanian healthcare crisis that cuts to the quick of like how politics is being done in every community probably across the world from the smallest town to the president of the united states 
definitely skip your murder podcast this week <laughs> and l- watch this instead. Um, and speaking of watching things, I'm very happy to announce the day is upon us, isn't it? Next week. It's happening. That's a different movie. It's all happening. Um, ah. the, go- the Golden God of Journalism movies, we're finally doing it. Spotlight. Spotlight. The big one. Another kind of Christmas movie. Ends oh, at yeah. Christmas. <laughs> uh, and it's our 30th episode. It is our 30th episode. So that's how I mark weeks. Our... And we went bi-weekly there for a bit. So <laughs> it's been a while. Are... The pandemic's been long. <laughs> if you didn't remember. It's been long, but we're excited. We've been building up to this one. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be fun. One of our favorite films. We'll have some trivia both about the movie and about our experience watching it. And that's very rare that we actually saw it together. Yeah. What else? We saw the post together? And the post, yeah. That's it for journalism. <laughs> that's all. Cats. We saw cats together last year. <laughs> all right. Well, I look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, and on, Well, uh, on Twitter, you can find us if you want to chat with us between now and then. I am at RWJ Boone, B-O-O-N. And I am at Thorny HFX, and the show is Box Bylines. Uh, you can also email us. No has one has ever, ever emailed, emailed us. us? I, would oh love it. I would love an email. <laughs> what is our email address? Uh, boxofficebylines at gmail.com. There Very you go. professional. Uh, yeah, well, thanks so much, Tara. Always a pleasure to chat with you, especially in these cold holiday second wave seasons. Yeah. Likewise, Jacob. And until next week, good night, crawler. Good morning, glory. 